0: 1997 Contact starring Jodie Foster This week on Paper Keg The uh,
1: Monumental 279th episode I believe the first
0: time it's ever been Just you and me I I was actually just thinking back to that Jonesy Loves Beer uh, Is with us this evening Welcome back to the show Slim is our
1: host He's the originator The uh, prognosticator the lubricator uh that would be his move as one of uh Los that he would be uh he would have the lubricator
0: and that's how he I got his. How, uh, i don't even know how to respond to lubrication okay. comments right now
1: how he gets his luchador mask on is the <laughs> lubricator
0: you know you know everyone knows this is a podcast about movies we review movies <laughs> we've um, always reviewed movies there's been the a time th- that we didn't review movies never we've never done comic books and you know probably people are flocking to this episode because we're talking about jody foster's contact and they're like okay who who are these hosts why do i have to you know be interested in what they're saying well we have a writer on the show mm-hmm. I've you, know, you, written to talk, you ever one, heard about carl carl sagan you ever heard of him well we got one just like him
1: i mean really on the same spectrum as carl sagan like if he's a ten, <laughs> I'm coming in there at like a nine point six. You're
0: coming in as a hot Carl Sagan right now. Yeah. We're gonna I mean, drop a hot Carl Sagan.
1: People describe my write- writing as Sagan-esque. Yeah,
0: I hear that a lot.
1: Sagantific.
0: Now we have a th- we usually have a third host, we have a fourth host who's who's long dead, but we have a third host Peace who, mark. you know, just happened to have a last minute vacation <laughs> pop up out of nowhere. You know, classic move from Dale underscore A. Comes out of nowhere. He literally, literally a week before, he's like, "Ah, guys, I got a vacation just came up."
1: Yeah, he goaded us. He was like trying to get us not to record. He's like, "You know, maybe you two could just uh, do a thing together, huh?" And then his, you know, his neck was swinging around like a rock on a string.
0: He certainly didn't want us to do Aliens, which is the summer of the Aliens quadrilogy. So So that's been paused.
1: It's a you know the summer of the Aliens quadrilogy is upsetting the right people.
0: There's a lot of there's heated debate on whether or not people are excited or angry that we would even consider doing all four aliens films alien films.
1: It's like a very pleasant chagrin that we've got going on with our with our listening audience almost like a um like an antagonistic approach we've taken to recording this show it's you know it's really quite freeing. <laughs>
0: This. It's just been building up for years and now it's our turn to turn the tables. Now, I remember when Dale said on the air last week that he liked Alien Resurrection, I think a lot of butts tightened up. People oh, were scared at the super of tight. That. I have never
1: seen Dale's tastes been put to task by so many people. <laughs> Whether it's the pizza he eats or the beer he drinks or the alien uh-huh. movies he chooses
0: to dane with his like Maybe people. maybe he's scheduled this vacation at the last minute to get away from it all. And then recharges antagonistic batteries for the return of aliens.
1: Yeah, he's sending us these gorgeous pictures from this villa he's got in Orlando, and it's probably just the like uh a mock up you would put on like at the back of a green screen. He's really out of Papa John's. <laughs> just like with the one of the slideshow clickers behind
0: him, it's, uh-huh. is, oh, here's he's, a pool. He's either at him. He might be at Papa John's villa. Like it might be the owner of Papa John's. It might be John. Like John. Like it's Papa, John. It's Papa John. They and just call J- him Dad. There, you know. Dale walks up. He wakes up in his, his white bathrobe. It probably says underscore A on it in gold. <laughs> and he's got the little slippers that all that match. And he gets a slice of Papa John's and a bottle of champagne wake yeah. up with you know he just calls him
1: dad you know <laughs> they make sure dale gets super pampered you know he gets a papa john, a fresh papa john sleep shirt to sleep in every night pre-laundered so it's not scratchy i mean who's they really the, take care of him down there
0: who's the um uh quarterback for the denver broncos the one the super bowl a couple years ago I feel like it should be a Manning Yeah, uh, uh, Peyton Manning Peyton Manning and Papa John are apparently like best friends So much so that when uh, He won the Super Bowl a couple years ago Papa John was on the field And he gave him a big kiss Uh, Like they kissed each other on the field, it was beautiful
1: If I could use my celebrity To build a bridge Between any other person
0: It might be Papa John Yeah.
1: Or you know like Bill Domino Whoever does (laughs) Domino's
0: Yeah, Billy Domino. Oh, Bill, Billy Doms. <laughs> Can you imagine having a last name Domino? You'd, oh be a, you'd be a legend among your streets. They would just call me the chosen one. <laughs> Why wouldn't they call you Domino? I don't know. <laughs> wouldn't it be weird if my name was Domino? I would need another nickname. <laughs> yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> now, Gen Z, before we uh, get into Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey, just a, an all-star cast in Contact, 1997, one of our very first 20-year anniversary. Uh, we we're celebrating it with. We tried to get Jody on. Mm-hmm. We had a scheduling conflict. Couldn't get her on the show. Maybe originally. the only podcast celebrating the 20 year anniversary of Contact, but I'm okay <laughs> with that.
1: You, uh, pre show, you, you, you said something about some kind of <laughs> right outside your Oh, own. You know, I really can't. I can't speak about. Oh. I really can't. <laughs> it happened uh, at another place. I oh, I thought it, I thought it was like on your street. No, no, it was not. Uh, we'll we'll beep it out people will yeah, be if you more shocked it. to yeah. think about what
0: what we might we might have talked about
1: classic paper cake
0: <laughs> you know redacted <laughs> for the public so what's the story with the the health update do you have a health update for us sure, uh, i mean i always
1: have a uh, i mean i have several in the last 2 weeks mm-hmm. um I did some pretty intense uh, sparring last week, and that got tossed around like a rag doll.
0: Stinky gym socks. You probably had um, people's gross, grody socks in your face the whole time.
1: No, I mean, I didn't have any grody, like, going on. Yeah, you know, my, my dye, my kung fu brothers. Oh, boy. Um, but no, I, it, I always like to train with someone who's out of my league. Because I feel like it makes me better to go up against somebody who's much more skilled. I think I feel you learn a lot more mm-hmm. instead of picking someone is at your skill level or lower. You know, you want to fight with a better person. But in this instance, I got tossed around like a ragdoll for the better part of two hours, and it wasn't that fun.
0: Do any filmed footage of you getting tossed around like a ragdoll that we could no, view?
1: You know, they do record uh, some stuff, but I don't know if they do the uh, application sparring. If I mm-hmm. find it. I don't have any kind of ego, so I will definitely post it so you can see me getting tossed around like the velveteen rabbit and the yeah. thunderstorm.
0: They call you the egoless Carl
1: Sagan. I mean, that's—it's funny. We have like Adidas warm ups, and you know, <laughs> Sagan esque no ego is like my little. Uh huh. So,
0: like wait, do you moniker. look like the gang from Hawkeye? Like yeah. the gang that lives That's in the apartment a, a, building. We all have
1: gold chains. Uh I don't have <laughs> chest hair really. I have like Irish chest hair, so it's like downy. So I have to like curl it up and make That's sure it comes horrifying. out. That, it pops out of that zipper scenario. And uh yeah, so I, I put on some weight at Disney, you know, all the salty food, eating like ice cream Sundays every day, you know, pot roast as many times as I could shove it in my chubby little Irish face. Mm-hmm. Um but I was I just able I've been back 2 weeks I just got the weight off uh some pretty heavy dieting. So I hate dieting the first week. Right. But once I see the results, I really like sink into it. So I think only today I have only managed to have like 900 calories. 900 calories. That feels know. like
0: a lot less than you should, right? Um, Shouldn't you be like averaging <laughs> I actually just did this for myself. Because I, I've hit, I've hit a, a belly plateau for my yeah. my six pack ab plan, so I finally am coming to the conclusion that I need to change my diet. Otherwise, it's not going to happen.
1: What and now? I what, saw, what's I your target? Do a,
0: what do you eat every day? Well, I have a calorie deficit uh, to lose two pounds a week for for my age and height and weight. I think is uh, seven, 1,600 calories. For yeah, two so pounds a week. I try to. Um, you can punch that in on the internet. You can get your yeah. own little calorie thing. I
1: I know what, like using apps like what I think I burn uh, during an active day and what I burn during one of my less active days. So like I know on a day that I do martial arts and I walk at least 10 miles at work, I'm burning somewhere around the neighborhood of 4,000 calories that day. I choose those target days of high burn to eat the least amount of uh, calories and create that deficit. So on a day with martial arts, I want to keep it around 1,000. And if I burn three, I've effectively put myself in a position to lose a pound of fat for the week on those days. Mm. And then as long as I break even or close to even the rest of the days, I'll continue to lose one or two pounds a week. And that's kind of where I want to keep it at. Now let's... You know, I did actually take Slim's advice and call my doctor after he said I should get (laughs) on a nutrition plan. And I think he's at a position where, you know, I lost 100 pounds, but it took me almost two years. He would like to actually see me lose it faster. And I think it's crazy because his way involves me eating more than I am now. But just like large groups of like leafy greens and large groups of...
0: Yeah, I think there's um, a common misconception that people think you have to eat less to lose yeah, the fat.
1: Yeah, it's hard for me because I was able to lose it with not extreme dieting, but like very careful dieting. And so like what he wants me to eat, it feels like I'm eating. Like I don't know if like my stuff, like I don't even eat big meals now. Like I was kind of juggling slim, but not joking. I had like, a meatball and a half and a pack of crackers and I'm not hungry anymore and I don't think I'll eat again before I go to sleep. I don't even, like, I just snack all day. Like, I have little, like, I'll have a banana or an apple or, you know, my biggest meal will be maybe a half a sandwich. Like, I don't eat a lot. Mm. Then I'm going to have to start eating cups of, like, leafy greens, carrots, you know, I mean, steaks. Celery. On that I mean, list, yeah. The what I did like about the Mediterranean diet is there is steak on there, and I'm a steak lover. Love steak. So I mean, I could Valentine's see day. myself eating fillets and grains all day. Oh, but that's Transy. I could cook. I could cook a steak for you. boyo <laughs> but I don't know. Like it's this diet seems almost too Atkinsy, and I've heard a lot of negative things about Atkins. Like people lose a lot of weight, but when they start eating carbs again, they blow back up. I don't know. It's a lot of things. I mean, to you have to,
0: you know, I think you you can't like just go back to what you were gonna e- eating before post diet.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, uh, I mean, I might I might have said this on the podcast before. I don't know. When I first started to lose weight after I got sick two years ago, um, to gauge myself, I was like, okay, how many calories do I actually consume in a day? And it was like five thousand calories a day. Like, I was doing some major work to keep that Whoa. weight on. Whoa. I mean 2400 of it was just beer.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean having how 10 much of beers it was a Dr Pepper? Uh listen, my Dr Pepper <laughs> is my untouchable diet stuff, you know. Is that's it? my treat. I'm in the middle of no cookie <laughs> February. You just did like a head <laughs> movement
0: that I've never seen <laughs> Look, before. It was I'm so- in the
1: middle of no cookie February and I feel like I could punch anyone in the face at any time. <laughs> like I get I I want to get into where I can get myself a challenge. So no cookies the month of February. I do feel like I want to die of depression. Mm. But, you know. So, yeah, I was having like four to 5,000 calories a day. It's a lot. So once I even cut it down to 2,000 or 2,500 and added the exercise, that's when the weight. I, I feel like I got from 340 to like 310 in like five or six weeks. Like it was rapid. That sounds crazy to me. <clears throat> but then it took me. Like a year and a half to go from like three nineteen to two fifty, like seventy pounds, and now I'm in like the. I put I was almost almost all the way up back to two forty, uh, after Disney because I just I ate like an a hole you now pot I was, roast. I I told myself I was going to do it and like I didn't even know they
0: had I didn't even know they had pot roast. At they Disney. have dynamite pot roast. They had the best pot roast I ever had. In my life. So these are like the quick stop places you picked yeah. pot roast. Yep. And the, the guys behind the counter like probably pot. forgot they even sold pot roast. Pot they had to like, roast. go get their manager to like open the key, get the pot. key to open up the pot roast container.
1: But listen, it was the pot roast safe because it was all gold, and it was a uh, grilled <laughs>
0: asparagus came with it. It was delicious. I love asparagus. Well, I mean, what was what would have been your second on the list outside of hot roast? Uh, like burger, hot uh, dog, that, chicken you know, fingers. I,
1: I was trying to um, salad. I would have had a I had a salad today for for a meal. Mm-hmm. I had a, but you know what the hard thing is about eating salad and you're trying to diet is not putting dressing on it,
0: having to eat it dry. <laughs> I mean, you could hear, we could hear the results right now. You could barely even breathe. Oh my That's God. I I I that could be the little, doc, Dr. Pepper kicking it right now. Listen, I might have
1: to get another dose of the doc to get me <laughs> a uh, solid. Um, but yeah, when you eat salad, you can't do dressing. So I add like a lot of cherry tomatoes and cucumbers and stuff to make it good.
0: What Let's get into- point? I don't even remember. I, I think that was that oh it was the health update. Right. Uh but people you know the people came here to to get to the movie segment. They love the movie segment. 279 episodes. They love the movies. They've loved it for 270 episodes previously. Contact. We talked about it last week. It was my very first DVD next to Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. You know, it was a different time back then with this hit DVD. Yeah. Yeah. You know? What's what's Contact, Jonesy?
1: Contact Jodie Foster uh, plays uh, Ellie, right? Ellie? Who cares? She's Jodie Foster in every movie. <laughs> Jodie Foster plays Jodie Foster. It is Ellie. It's Ellie Ellie Arroway. Oh, Dr. Arroway. I always yeah. thought that was such a weird name. So Ellie, uh, as a girl, is a, like super huge in a ham radio. And that kind of ignites in her a passion for radio communication. And as she grows up, Uh, She becomes a member of SETI, which is a sentient extraterrestrial investigation. I don't make it all that
0: up. Search for extraterrestrial intelligence.
1: Search, (laughs) you know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Sentient investigation. (laughs) 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 Not a scholar here, a writer, show writer. Writer. Uh, Writer. So Ellie, uh, through a many-year journey of searching for... um, Sentient life, I think is what I was grasping mm-hmm. for, and a fling with religious uh luminaire, Matthew McConaughey, uh, does pick up a signal from Virgo? Vega. Vega. So he hasn't probably watched this yeah, movie in twenty years. <laughs> I, I you know, I actually <laughs> I stayed up all night the other night to watch it. I was enthralled and I can't get any of the details right. Uh, so what happens. we have to make sure we do it the night
0: before, otherwise.
1: It's I gone. know you know, if I do two nights ago, forget it. It's like I never watched it. All right, mm-hmm. so um Virgo, Vigo v- Vega. Vega. <laughs> <laughs> so they get a signal from Vega, and uh with the help of Tom Scarrett's Tom Foolery, um, they realize that it's a alien intelligence transmitting them directions and uh, blueprints to build a machine so the whole world kind of comes together to build this device uh to which Jodie Foster is an eventual pilot and um she maybe travels maybe does not um into Vega she lands on Vega speaks with her alien communicator uh, and they give her a glimpse of what's to come, and then she returns to Earth, uh, only to have her vision questioned, and maybe the Earth isn't really ready for contact. And have you seen Arrival yet or no?
0: You haven't yet. I, don't I have think. not.
1: You have strongly recommended that movie. Strongly. You said it was the spiritual successor. To it contact, was. If it, I this recall. this is
0: like Arrival twenty years ago. And uh, Jodie Foster, unbelievable in this film, unbelievable. Lover. Yeah, really, just a vision. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to
1: describe her in this movie. A lot like Ripley, and Alien. She, just a she, super competent. She was person. competent,
0: and to to her character to a T, because there was various points where, like, uh, her character Arroway, is she's she's searching for alien life using any technology she can started as a ham radio when she was a kid and she doesn't believe she's an atheist she's you know she's a woman of science and there's the i mean the 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 storyline undertones are very thick with uh you know atheism versus religion science um versus faith it's huge in this movie it's so well done but she follows that path to a T to the point where like She's kind of like she's she's talking with Matthew McConaughey, who, McConaughey McConaughey, who's a spiritual guy, but she like pokes and prods him kind of like in a fun way, but almost in a way that's like so to her character that she she doesn't believe in what Matthew McConaughey believes, but she prods him a lot in it. And it almost gets to the point where like I'm like if I were him, I'd be annoyed. But it fits her in this yeah. movie. Like she would make those kind of statements that like, you know almost questioned Matt McConaughey's like entire life life's work.
1: Yeah, but it also like they're like I I for one believe they had almost zero on-screen chemistry, but mm. I did think their characters uh fit together very well because he instead of taking that as a as posturing from another person, like he accepted it in like the only way a man of faith really can. Mm -hmm. Like, accepts that point of view, but you know, knows that that person is still finding their way. And eventually, she does find her own faith if that's what you want to call it when she has to give trust to the world that they need to take her account on faith.
0: Yeah, how about that? Because, uh, she well, she at way in the beginning, she's kind of working on government funding and she has a one night stand with Matt McConaughey, which. You know the man of faith or the spiritual man, um, you know is in fact fe- like they're they're like kismet at the bar or wherever they meet. Like, of course, a woman of science and a spiritual man would you know hit it off for a, for a one night stand and then they never see each other.
1: Bar, <laughs> right. you know, in the middle of you know I, where were they? Like Columbia? Uh,
0: they were in Puerto Rico. That's and then so really how about good. um, Tom scarrett plays. Uh, science advisor to the president, Drumlin, is his name, and he's always at odds with Arroway because he thinks she's wasting her time trying to search for alien life. He wants
1: to monetize science.
0: Yeah. He was so good good at this movie. So good.
1: You know, Tom Skerritt, with the exception of maybe Top Gun, always kind of plays a hard A or like a douche. And like... But he's a good actor, you believe he's so that he's like, he undercuts her at every turn. So the big moment where you like, when you really know he's a piece of S, mm-hmm. is there's a briefing uh, right before, uh, or right after Bill Clinton addresses the world about uh, uh, the contact with uh, Vega. Huh? Jody is supposed to be the one that addresses the world. Because uh, she, Mo- she heard the signal first. Right, she it's her project. She heard it. They were going to shut her down completely. So it was one of their last nights of free available time to use um the I think it's called the very large array. They get the contact from Vegas. So like this is her baby and he just like takes the carpet right out from under her and wears it like a cape like he is the lead researcher it's his project but he had yeah. little to nothing to do with it
0: so yeah the um the, like he he was going to shut down the project and like literally like the night before they're going to leave she get she hears something and it's like a faint audio noise that they're able to decipher and decode eventually into plans to construct what you mentioned earlier some kind of machine that'll fit one person <coughs> So it, it 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 grows into, like, um, James Woods appears. I think he's, like, NSA or something.
1: Yeah, either that or he's, like, National Security Council. Yeah, because
0: like she, like, blurts to the world that, like, oh, we made contact. She starts, like, talking to scientists and whatever, so the government freaks out, like, slow down. This slow could be role. something big or really something bad. We're going we to dispatch James Woods to rein you in. <laughs> oh, God, James Woods first scene James, James Wood w- is he's a vision in this movie. <laughs> James Woods is so amazing as an a-hole in this movie. Oh, Stunning yeah. performance from James Woods. And eventually they need to decide who's going to, to go on... Uh, um, oh, actually, I mean, you know what? I skipped a part. He does shut down her first foray into listening. And her second foray is only funded by this rich... Mogul who is a recluse that sees something in our way and he funds it, but eventually that doesn't last forever and that's about to get shut down. So they need to determine who's going to go, and they they actually decide that every like the UN is going to like get all the countries to fund this machine that aliens have given them plans for, which I is so that bonkers. They don't even know what going to do a Billion dollars or something like that. Yeah in this process she like meets the president she's in w- the white house and Matthew McConaughey the one night stand from before is now like an advisor to president clinton
1: yeah this is like 6 or 7 years after their first meeting mm-hmm. and he has gone from a noted author to like a a spiritual advisor to the president like he's climbed his rungs
0: on the opposite end of the spectrum And, can I mean, can you even imagine, like, obviously this was Carl Sagan's attempt to, you know, what would First Contact be like if we ever made contact with aliens? That's, like, kind of what this movie eventually became. And it gets out, and they're going to build it. So, like, people go nuts. Like, there's religious fanatics that, like, meet at the location where they're going to build it. And these people think that they're going to get saved. They're going to, like, go meet aliens. It's really wild. To see, you know, like what could be a real, real world reaction to what this would be like.
1: There's another wrinkle which we failed to mention is, uh, so I guess the first thing, and this is a real fact. I had to look it up post uh, watching the movie. The first broadcast ever escaped the atmosphere was the 1936 Olympics broadcast by Hitler. So that's they the aliens send it back to us laced with this message is like a it's like a wink like hey we heard you we recognize you as a a race and of course the (laughs) neo-nazi jerk-offs take that as the second coming of hitler so like they kind of marry with these ultra-religious groups so drumlin um really sandbags jody foster and becomes the one to go
0: in the machine He's how about that? We'll how pick. about that? The way he sandbags her too, because they interviewed oh. them in front of a council, and yeah. they actually it was she like Jodie Foster did this great interview. It looks right. like she's going to be the one to go into the the machine, and then McConaughey because catch catching feelings comes Pretty out hardcore. And he's like, hold on, let me ask one question: Do you believe in God? And. I mean like there's so many interpretations of like why like they're they're friends now since they met up again but he asks her this obviously because it'll impact her ability to go because she, he knows her answer and now the council will see right because you know in this present environment she you know she believes in science and that's pretty much her answer drumlin comes up right after her and just lays it on thick that he's a religious man. He's like,
1: oh, if we, if it's our Maker out there, you know, I want to represent, you know, our beliefs. So, like, there's a. So I thought the strangest part of this movie was there's this lingering question that's never addressed. It's like there's a portion of the world that thinks the aliens are like either the Judeo-Christian God or like the higher power described in our religious texts and
0: that we're going to meet like, yeah, because, Oh, uh, so you think some of the population think that they're going to meet God. Yeah. God
1: is as we know it here on earth instead of an intelligent race. So I think that's what the angle Drummond was getting at. is like, Oh, if we're going to meet God, I'm going to go as one of the faithful not as Mm -hmm. someone that doesn't believe in him. And I don't know if that tracks or maybe I'm just I kind of read
0: that as Drummond. I think they even serve up some statistics that like, was it 90 or 70% of the world's population believe in some kind of higher Higher power. power. So he's like, yeah, I mean, he is essentially kind of like a presidential candidate at this point. He's like, you know, we need to show these people our values and our God and what we believe in as as Christian, so everyone ate this up and he got picked to go on the machine. That's how I read it. I didn't think there was a version that he was saying this could be our guy. I thought he was like gonna show his Christian values right to uh, uh, where right. they
1: meet. Yeah, I guess value system can only as a, through a religious lens. I think I guess that makes more sense. And uh it doesn't go well for Drumlin from there. <clears throat> no, in fact Drumland. Uh, attracts this kind of religious bigots because of his speech and they sabotage his launch and the and the device is destroyed. Oh, and the world's like, we don't have the money to do it again and secretly... Uh, Haddon. or Kane from Alien. As yeah, we what are the chances? Lada.
0: Hurt and uh, Tom Tom Skerritt this yeah, I
1: know. And uh, there's been the whole time a second secret device being built so, Jodie Foster gets chosen by Haddon to go on. She gets dropped in the ball. It's basically like a a a bingo ball uh, dropped into the
0: little uh, cage. Mm-hmm. And, and keep in mind, no one has any idea
1: what this, this thing machine is, gonna do is, when is going they turn to it do. On.
0: They just know they built it to spec, and they're going to <clears> drop <throat> a ball with a human being in it, through it, and something's going to happen.
1: They don't know what, but something will happen. So she gets transported through a pipeline of wormholes to Vega. And uh, earlier in the movie, through the ham radio, she she contacts, I want to say, Tampa, Florida. So she gets transported. Pensacola. So she gets transported to her painting of Pensacola and here along the beach is this like two-dimensional representation of her father who had passed on at an early age. And uh, basically, she figures out pretty quickly that this is not her father, but the, the aliens have a way of picking her data stream out of her mind and giving her something that she's going to be more comfortable with. And the, I mean, it's, the conversation's pretty incredible Mm-hmm. they've been picking populations out for millions of years and one of the most interesting lines in the movie is uttered by the alien where she goes well you when did you build this transportation system of stable wormholes that allow me to get here and he's like no that was done millions of years before us by another civilization that we think are God but this he, is I don't, I don't know <laughs> if he's said that
0: he or thinks they're ver, God, not verbatim yeah, right
1: but like that they hold in reverence like a precursor race to them. And you pretty much find out that there is a, uh, maybe a community of advanced civilizations that once they find a a planet is ready, they invite them into the fold and kind of give them breadcrumbs to like grow beyond what they are now. And, um, you know, she's ready for more. You know, everybody has to see this. He's like, that's not the way it's done. And they sent her back. And the climax of the film is really, um, there's footage of her in the ball, in the bingo ball, but no time lapses on Earth. She just passes right through.
0: So they think, like, it, they think it it. They failed. think nothing
1: happened. They think it's a hoax perpetrated by Haddon. James Woods gets on his high horse uh, to be like, This was all a hoax, and you fell for it. And you know, you're a woman of science. Could it be true that you hallucinated all this? And she's like, Yeah, I guess it could be true, but I feel it so deeply. Like, you have to believe me, you have to take it on faith. So the two principles marry each other at the end of the movie. Can you just
0: so there's so much to unpack, but. Like, this yeah, could be even a James Woods. Yeah, James Woods even says, like, the Occam's Razor comes up several times in this movie, and he's like, it's more likely that hadn't scammed us all, the guy who funded this, and this is the most expensive, most elaborate hoax in the history of our planet. And, like, we all fell for it. And, and we're having, they have an agree. inquiry. Yeah. And she's like, it's true. That could be true, but. And he's like, you literally, like, she's like, you have to take, you have to literally trust me. You have to take this on faith, which is something she's never thought of before in her existence as a science, a woman of science. And I thought the actual, like the wormhole stuff, I thought that was, it was still holds up like the travel when she's going through the wormhole, everything's beautiful. The way they, they drew and painted what, you know, that solar system looks like Vega and, um, when she gets to the beach and then her father appears like i almost lost it when i i'm still watching this movie and she figures it out like you said pretty quick like okay i'm not here you're not my dad and uh but the the way the the actor who plays the father was able to deliver some of the lines about you know you're an interesting species an interesting mix you're
1: capable of such beautiful dreams such horrible nightmares
0: you feel so lost so cut off so alone only you're not see in all our searching the only thing we found that makes the emptiness bearable is each other he says like this is kind of like an invitation for humanity to join their kind of like space faring nation or like, you know, we're inviting you to do some crazy things with us. And like, but this is just the first step, to so slow down. Like we're going to send you back home.
1: And it's been going on for, uh, I think he says millions of years. Like we've mm-hmm. been collecting civilizations
0: for millions of years. And God, just the, the ending of this movie about how it like, there's no evidence. but well, we'll get to that in a second, but <laughs> She drops through every, and like the people on, she, she wakes up uh, the, the in the circle. She's like, what day is it? And the guy who's running like command center is like, what did you say? What <laughs> yeah, day is yeah. it? <laughs> like you just fell through in the course of one second. Nothing yeah, has happened. Yeah, there's been no time
1: elapsed. So of course the tickle, the stinger at the end of the movie is, you know, they've tried to discredit her. And uh, one of the white house aides gets uh, James Woods on the video phone, the, the precursor to FaceTime. And, uh, <laughs> And he's like, congratulations, you're going to use this to be a senator or whatever. like so, you know, what's interesting is that she had a headset on the entire time and had 18 hours
0: of recorded static instead of oh. the one second. And <laughs> Which, it's like, oh, God, that like that scene ate me up because James Woods eviscerates her in oh, front yeah. of a national audience.
1: Pretty, pretty cruelly.
0: Oh, yeah, Just like he's gonna, he's making her. a career like this is his career jumping off point from now. He can write his own checks, and she like you know they have that meeting that you describe, and I think, um, what's the actress's name? She was amazing, uh yeah, Angela was. bassett, yeah, she's like uh, and I think they were having this conversation, like what happens now, and Angela Bassett's like, well, she's probably gonna get a big grant to do whatever she wants after this. So she was like, it's not like she's going in an insane asylum. She's still going to be comfortable, just that (laughs) most people don't believe it. Um, But at the very, actually right before that, she exits the inquiry with Matthew McConaughey. She's just been destroyed in front of everybody on like literally American audience. And she gets in a limo and Matthew McConaughey gets interrupted by journalists. Like, do you believe her? So this is the big moment for Matthew McConaughey to like, you know, he's a man of faith. What does he think? If he and, discredit discredits her, it's all over. Yeah. And so he takes a, a leap of faith and says, you know, I believe her. And like, because, you know, in previous conversations, Jodie Foster wouldn't even allow her to be open to Matthew McConaughey's view of the world. Right. But now he has uh, accepted that that she might, what she experienced might be real. And for the whole time... Um, they kind of bill like that it may well like let's posit the theory that it is a scam from s r. haddon for a minute because i actually after the movie, I looked at the Wikipedia and they kind of outline um some oddities that like the aliens only contacted Jody Foster like the day before the place was gonna get shut down. I might have to dive in the rabbit hole of contact theories after this show is over. Um, But yeah, they 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 pose the theory that S. R. Haden did just make it all up as a way to entertain himself. And at the very end of the movie, you're kind of unsure yourself, even though you saw what Jodie Foster thought she saw. And at the very end, they talk about how they're you know during the inquiry, James Woods is like, "It's all static." Your camera saw nothing but static. And then afterward, they're like, okay, well, you know, it took 18 hours of static. It's like, why couldn't you have revealed that during the inquiry? Why yeah. did no one check the footage? Like, I was, like, so annoyed that, like, there's the proof right there. Something happened. Oh, God, it killed me. Felt so bad for Jody. Well, that would have left the door open for Contact too. I actually was just thinking that. Why not do a Contact two Where 20 years later. Sure, make contact again. You're ready for step two. Oh my God! Can you imagine? Robert Zemeckis directs Contact Two. Contacted,
1: Contact Two. They send a
0: you know emissary to Earth. You know, maybe that's the contact. I mean, maybe they maybe they ask for a fleet of humans. You know, bring bring your best and brightest. We'll make another machine. Like a fit five. Tom Skerritt is back, yeah, from the dead. <laughs> Sr hadn't hurt, uh, but yeah, the movie does really well. It 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 does put the the themes against each other of science and faith and them coexisting, them not being mutually exclusive. Um, you know, I thought it was so well done. And it's it's a really great movie,
1: and it's it's a long movie. It's I think two it's two hours, and a half hours,
0: but it moves quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's one of those movies that I you know you love to take in because you want to you know what does happen if we were to ever make contact? What what does the government say? What are what do the military say? You know what are they okay with? Because they they enter it with skepticism. Like James Woods is like, what if it's a weapon to blow us all up? Why would we build it? Yeah, he says know. something
1: clever like, oh, uh, you know, they see someone as a threat, they beam the world killer instructions down a way for you
0: to build it, because, you know, you're too naive to say no. Drumlin even had a good line, too, because Foster was like, you know, they're sharing this information with us, why would they blow us up? That's like me going over to an anthill and kicking it over. And then Drumlin's like, well, if you were, you know, the intelligence of yourself, would you even feel bad care. about kicking yeah would you even care about kicking over the anthill and she's yeah. like oh well okay <laughs>
1: like, I, I feel like, like well, maybe the whole, good. I, I feel like maybe the whole movie was based on that conversation like two writers <laughs> had the conversation at a bar but that's and the like the only content. time
0: yeah it's like the only time i ever heard a rebuttal to that <laughs> idea and drumlin like shut her up immediately she's like <laughs> ah, crap okay you got me
1: the only time the drummond was able to outclass her in the whole movie
0: yeah, oh, and, and you had talked about how he revealed himself to be a jerk, but he does it again after he wins the seat to go. He has a conversation with her, like, the de- the test day. He's like, you know, I wish the world wasn't, you know, I wish the world where people told the truth and they did the right thing and didn't didn't try to take advantage of other people, but that's not the world we live in. Like, he literally says that to Jodie Foster as, like, a, just a total jerk.
1: Yeah, he's he's essentially, like, listen, the only way to move your own personal agenda forward is to step on people, and I stepped on you. Mm-hmm. The end of this conversation.
0: Yeah, that was so good.
1: Man, let's have National Tom Skerritt Day.
0: <laughs> what else can we pivot into with Tom Skerritt? Yeah, pivot. Top Gun. The uh, the special effects still hold up. I think they did a really smart job of only showing the machine kind of like from far away. It looks yeah, super they realistic. Never,
1: they never relied on like CGI heavy
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like the machine at certain points was definitely like a big set piece. Yeah, the only the only um, I'm trying to think the only thing that maybe looked dated was like this the almost hyper non realistic version of the the beach, but that but was I supposed that to look was like a intentionally. Painting. Yeah. because it
1: exists in a child's drawing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was it was meant to look.
0: The word cheesy is not appropriate, but it was meant to look. Over the top. Yeah. Like Like non-real. Exactly. The um, no word should have sent a poet, obviously one of the best lines of all time. Yeah. And when she's in the wormhole, she's looking at like the the beauty and the splendor of these solar systems and her face merges. It like turns to her younger face. Did you catch that at all? I did. So good. (sighs) It's um.
1: You know, there's, there's a line that I really liked um, where Matthew McConaughey says, you know, if this is a faster than light vessel, you won't be back for minimum 80 years. We'll all, it'll be different, a different generation on this planet. You know, are you prepared for everything you know, love to be gone? Like, and that's like really makes you think. And then the moment where you realize that the aliens have this technology to move you instantly, that you're like, oh, this is a whole different level mm-hmm. than we even think, like in today's sci fi. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to board a vessel
0: and travel X amount of time to get yeah. to a place. I mean, to, to be able to harness the, like, and plan wormhole travel is like, it's well, literally ants and humans at this
1: they, point. They didn't even build it. Like someone built like a highway, yeah, that goes through space and time, so that you can get from. It's like me getting in your house now instead of five minutes. Someone built that into like the. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it like the backstage of the universe. Wasn't that
0: um, generally the plot of Interstellar? did you see interstellar yeah uh interstellar i think it was they didn't have the wormhole travel at first but i think like on the return trip back didn't they try to utilize a wormhole Yes, I,
1: and I don't recall the, because de- Interstellar was a, is a fantastic movie. Also oh, also with Matthew
0: McConaughey. Yeah, pivot. Um, the last half didn't land for me, honestly, of Interstellar got a little too wild with the bookcase stuff. Well, the Matt Damon stuff I could have lived without. I feel like
1: that whole Matt Damon stuff could have got cut out. I don't even remember the Matt Damon stuff. Matt that Damon's movie. like a really significant character in that movie. <laughs> Are you remember. kidding me? Right I don't now?
0: remember that, no. Oh, Who my does goodness. he goodness. Play?
1: He plays the evil scientist that tries to lure them to oh, his planet. Oh, that's right.
0: God, you know, that movie, I, like, the trailer for that movie messed me up as a human being. I cried just watching the trailer, like, uh, Martyr Dad, Matthew McConaughey. And Christopher Nolan
1: not only can cut a trailer like a son of a bee, but... It is one probably one of the best visual storytellers of our generation, like yours and I, growing
0: up watching movies. I saw a a, a spreadsheet or like a graph of my, uh, Christopher Nolan's movies, like the more control he's had versus how good the movie actually is, and it's like you know the more the like I think um, what's the movie with Robert um, Al Pacino in the, fo- the Foggy movie. Do you remember that movie? He did? Oh, uh, Insomnia. Insomnia. Like that one, he had like kind of like the least control over, but that was like very good. And then as the scale goes to like Batman Begins is good. Dark Knight is probably the, the, the apex. And then it starts to go down. Dark Knight Rises because he's super successful. Inception.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um, And then Interstellar. Like he had full control, but it just doesn't, doesn't land in my opinion.
1: Uh, and I agree. I think that the the concept of the movie is great. Sure, but I it, mean the, the it idea the Matt McConaughey the scenes the where time. Matt
0: McConaughey is like losing the years, yeah, because they can't get out and he's yeah. got his daughter at home. Like, get, I I can't handle it.
1: Well, and here is the thing: there are some planets that they're searching for. I guess, and this is where the movie is a little too above my intelligence level or my IQ is um i guess specific gravity can affect time and make time go quicker places and and longer at earth Mm -hmm. so they make like one small mistake and a person falls out of the spaceship and every second it takes to get them back in years are just rolling by on earth and you're like this is
0: heartbreaking to watch I like I'm I feel like there's a weight on my chest just thinking about those scenes again. Just because oh God. Yeah. Just depresses me. I mean, can you I mean just going through that situation where we have to be off this planet in five minutes. That's like five years or like five minutes is like ten years. Like yeah. we know we're gonna lose ten years if we spend Why five even minutes on this planet. planet. So we can't F anything up. They F something up. Yeah. Like I literally wanted to strangle uh, Catwoman in that movie. What's her well, name? Anne Hathaway.
1: And you know she's the problem because she was just trying to get to Matt Damon, as if Matt <laughs> oh, Damon that's right, was so, yeah. Matt Damon single handedly is responsible for the collapse of the human race <laughs> in Interstellar.
0: <laughs> that's a pretty big spoiler. Hopefully, people have seen Oops, spoilers. The movie came out like four years ago. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that, that movie, like, I remember being so angry as a viewer at Anne Hathaway when she trips or, like, is drowning in this weirdo ocean, in the robot has It's the planet to come where
1: it, the only thing on the planet it's water. is a giant tidal wave. Yeah. It's oh, like gosh. four inches of water on the whole planet, and one continuous wave. What <laughs> <laughs> what a, a se sh- design for
0: an entire planet. Let me I know, tell like, you. we have to go to the one planet that's just a typhoon. We have to land... After the typhoon and before the next typhoon hits us. Good And we luck. didn't see that from space with all our
1: freaking technology. Oh, we can't say, oh, this is just a big storm world. We, we should just keep going. We might have to watch Interstellar again. We might have to. For the podcast that we only talk about movies in. We're, we're having a podcast about just our memories of Interstellar <laughs> right now. Imagine if we sat down and watched the movie.
0: If, I mean, literally, the focus of the show for the past five episodes has just been a random memory, and we yeah. we decide to do a movie. We just extrapolate that. We do, like, do a Alien movie. was about a memory. This is Contact. the show
1: we should have been doing since episode one.
0: <laughs> so, in short, go see Contact, rent it, buy it on DVD. Remember the DVD cases... That had the weirdo button. That contact had that flap where you had to like unsnap it and open. Oh, it. Oh yeah. I, but the Matrix
1: was like that too. That was my first DVD, The Matrix. Oh yeah. yeah no that was like my third one. Um, I remember going to the second one like this is going to be the best movie ever made. It's the Matrix with money. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> and then no.
0: walking out, and I was like, this was not what I thought it was going to be. I think I remember getting heavy into behind the scenes stuff around that time. And there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff about matrix Two because that movie went from like no marketing hype to $200 million marketing hype where like oh, yeah. escalades were in the movie before there was an escalade. Like they had the prototypes and they were filming them filming the car chase scene. Mm-hmm. And I remember the stories about that movie where like, they used like 15 digital effects companies because there were so much digital effects. They were over budget. They oh, couldn't yeah. get anything done.
1: Isn't there some kind of and this might be an urban legend, but didn't like Keanu
0: Reeves, like I think he put, said no. Yeah, he like maybe I'll take a percentage of the movie if it like helps us make it. I think
1: <laughs> just to get done.
0: Yeah, he might have even paid a few million dollars to finish it. Yeah, I mean I, the I mean we're not We should do the fiscal. The Matrix Solid. trilogy. Oh God! And then are you between, writing this down? And then in between Matrix one and two, or right after two, we watch the making of Matrix two, so that we can oh, get all the yeah. nitty gritty inside the details
1: for Matrix two. Mm-hmm. We have to. We have to be writing these down. We need to watch the Matrixes with the rest of the aliens. The quadrilogy, interstellar.
0: interstellar. I mean, that does that take us to three hundred? What we does that take us like to? We might be at like three oh six at this point. <laughs> How amazing would it be if we just didn't do another comic until 300 to I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm okay is our show. Dale's listening right now and he just poopied in his pants. He does he just just instant poop. He's, is, he's he's like this is not what the people want, Matthew. This is not what they want. He's he's probably in his villa
1: with with dad. Dad. Yeah. Poppy. Poppy John. Oh, uh, what a what a what a show. Do we have any letters in show? I I think we do, uh, you know. Dale would usually keep us on task here. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. But uh, you yeah, know, Dale's not here to rein us in. We're it's at the four-hour mark. It feels like <laughs> uh, our first letter from just an amazing friend to the show over the years. Uh I love him. I follow him on all social media except for Facebook which I don't have. <clears throat> it's probably the wrong thing for me to read this considering it's a long letter and I can't talk as it is. But our friend Charles Forsman writes in.
0: Oh, Chuck Forsman. He New says, book slasher coming from from Floating World Comics.
1: Have, have you been following his Instagram? because his pages, pages look
0: amazing. Love it. Sometimes I occasionally catch him on Instagram Live. Oh, you know? yeah. I think you only get... An, I I have notifications on for a scant few people, but I think you can only really catch someone on Instagram Live if you have your notifications on. Yeah, I don't think like I have that notifications
1: for Instagram.
0: Sure. <sighs> his letter.
1: Hello. Sorry I haven't written in a while. I've been too busy crying to my pillow and clutching my paper cake shirt... Trying to get a whiff of your scent, but I'm feeling better now. I like that you seem to have decided to change the format of the show to watching Wrigley Scott movies. That's something I can always get behind. I know that book club suggestions are the last thing you guys want, but I'm going to give you some anyway. I was thinking that you guys are probably sick of reading the usual stuff, so I thought a few books that might be outside your usual purview that I would love to hear you talk about. They're old faves of mine, and I think they would be refreshing for the comic reader who are sick of the usual formulas. Also, they're fairly quick reads. Even if you don't do them for the show, maybe put them on your personal list, and maybe this letter will get some other listeners to check them out. So how can I say no, Chuck, when you put it that way? Mm-hmm. Uh, first book, Isaac the Pirate, Volume 1, Two Exotic Lands. This is a French comic by Christopher Blaine, uh, Christophe Blaine, excuse me, Beautiful, brushy cartooning about a painter in the 18th century who is broke and lovesick. He takes a job on a ship that turns out to be a pirate ship. This is a funny, charming book that is a joy to read. Uh, Book two, Ordinary Victories, volume one. Another French volume, this time by Manu Larcenet. This seems to be a loosely autobiographical comic about a photographer wrestling with his mental anxieties and how it affects his life and those around him. When I read this in comic book school, when I read this in comic book school, I can't read. It was like a ball of lightning. Once One of those books that for me opened my eyes to how versatile comics can be. Final book, Push Man and Other Stories by Yoshihiro Tatsumi. Mm-hmm. Tatsumi is the father of Gekiga, which is a form of comics that deals with more adult and noirish type stories. These comics were produced in the late 60s and early 70s and it's a collection of short stories that are dark and just very powerful even in their brevity. This volume means a lot to me as a cartoonist like Ordinary Victories, Pushman, kicked me in the bees and showed me the possibilities are endless and the comics can make the reader uncomfortable. Hard for me to describe this one but maybe it's because it just needs to be experienced. I would mark this one in the Might make Dale squirm (laughs) column. Anyway, sorry for the long letter. Love you guys. See you in July. At Charles Forsman, our dear friend, faithful listener, steadfast comic creator, all around
0: icon. Mm -hmm. Love that guy. Love him to death. Can't wait to get that new book. I was actually just, if we can take a, a momentary break from the letters, I was actually just piecing together in our Google Doc. Uh, the next few episodes, mm-hmm. if we do the quadrilogy,
1: yep. Four, okay.
0: Two eighty three, two eighty. Let's see, what are we up to now? Two eighty. Next, 280. next week would be Aliens, right? Alien three, mm-hmm. two eighty one. And according to my schedule, two eighty two could be Logan. Oh. Uh. Two eighty three, Alien Resurrection. Two eighty four, Interstellar. Okay and then 285 matrix, the matrix 286 matrix <laughs> matrix two. would take us to at least 287 i if mean we this decide to go that route this schedule is writing itself <laughs> <laughs> just something to think about something to marinate on you know dale uh as you're listening and you're you're you getting champagne served do you want the toilet at mm-hmm. your villa you know just think about it dale Poppy Pearl's garlic sauce
1: just getting like rubbed into your back like a relaxing massage oil god
0: that sounds amazing
1: uh i'm actually not going to read the next letter because i can't i I could
0: i could read a letter
1: can you can you read this one i'm not sure if i've read a
0: letter on the show but i this is this is an episode for first
1: just me and slim slim's gonna read a letter This has never been before.
0: There's a third host which is the tickle in my throat and I apologize Jonesy's dying. Gentlemen, this is Ghost Hunter Dave. This is a long letter, so if anyone wants to, you know, put the phone down with the volume up and make yourself a coffee, go ahead. But keep the phone in the room. This is Ghost Hunter Dave, co host of the Imperious Rex Show and friend to all woodland creatures in the Tri State area. My buddy, Troy to the Max Extreme, <laughs> got me into your show, and between agonizingly long bouts of listening to the entire Dark Tower series on Audible, I've been enjoying your thoughts on some of my favorite reads. i going to take a quick drink right now. Yeah, you're going to take three or four more. You want, uh, I'm, not, I'm out, out of the water, jar. so big trouble here. Recently I listened to your take on Rick Remendo's Uncanny X-Horse and felt I had to chime in. I nearly lost my ass when you referenced the little-known horror classic Waxwork. For some reason, my friends and I all watched this repeatedly at a young age and still quote its ridiculous lines to this day. Quote, would you like a closer look? I think Dale might have been the one to pull out the waxwork. Right? Dale
1: Dale is capable of some deep pulls for some stuff that almost no one has heard of. Yeah, I And feel then like,
0: look at us like we're Looney Tunes. Right. We're the idiots that have never seen. <coughs> I feel like these are movies that were like sc- Cinemax maybe before 11 p.m. Right. Like this this is like the you know, they play these movies. Uh, number two. As a long life lifelong Archangel fan, my youngest is named Warren, this run is bar none, the best take on the character. Founding X Men member with so much potential yet no writer ever seemed to know what to do with him. Turning him into the next apocalypse? A stroke of genius. And his send off of psylocke was one of the most heart wrenching moments in comics. Bringing to mind the final sequence of Spike Lee's Twenty Fifth Hour, beautiful storytelling. I think still the best Psylocke comic ever. Yeah, honestly, hands down. Number three. Until now, I've only read the first half of Remender's Run, <clears throat> exiting after the Dark Angel saga. However, your follow-up episode piqued my interest, so I immediately ordered book two, so I can sit. I immediately ordered book two, so it can sit on my shelf for the next five years before I finally get around to reading it. But seriously, it sounds like an epic conclusion. I'm just a busy man. Okay. I mean, Dakin, Wolverine, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Their issue at the end? Good. Gosh. Number four. As a father of two boys, I know the hardships of trying to maintain an avid reading schedule. Plus, I'm currently working on an independent comic of my own. So finding time to sneak down to my fortress of solitude even for an issue or two, is increasingly difficult. Still, I wouldn't change it for the world. I just spent the day seeing Lego Batman with my four-year-old son, Roman Yurik after Why the Last Man and that Shakespeare fella, and he loved it. We've also recently watched the new Justice League Dark, Army of Darkness, and Hoskins' Leguizamo Super Mario Bros. I'm raising him right. It's so cool to see these little people grow up and begin to share the same interest as you did at that age. Do you have any fond memories of your own children following in your footsteps? And finally, to wrap up this short novella of correspondence, my buddy and co-host of Imperious Rex, Troy to the max, is also joining the dad club this April. So uh, if you can spend some fatherly vibes this way, that would be awesome. He's a good dude, and when he's not dropping my children on the floor or causing them to split their chin open due to the excitement of his presence, he's got what it takes to be a hell of a dad. Thanks, guys, and keep on reading. Ghost Hunter Dave.
1: Congratulations, Troy, to the Max Extreme on your impending fatherhood. That's, uh, you know, I had a, you know, we'll we'll do a pay per look back. I think I told Slim the news of my impending uh, fatherness on an early episode of this show.
0: Mm-hmm, you I know, remember that
1: moment. It was a beautiful fan, moment. Fantastic thing to be a dad. Best thing I've ever done. Uh, oh.
0: Go God I'm actually fascinated to find out more about Ghost Hunter Dave. Like, I listen, Dave, I hope you're a real ghost hunter. And because I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but my wife and I are big into the paranormal. You know, Ghost Hunters. We didn't actually go, Ghost Adventures is one of our favorite shows. We'll watch any paranormal ghost show, period. So, Ghost Hunter Dave, we need to chat. Yeah. Wow.
1: Honor of having the first ever Slim letter read and the personal <laughs> invitation to meet an amenity appears rex moving
0: quickly up the rungs of the paper I, I really did although i'm not sure if i would recommend watching dc animated movies with a four-year-old because those movies are like r-rated i mean J- I, james watches the simpsons so i can't really speak to that raising him right uh did you see lego batman yet John Z? no but i really want to previews look really good people although love it. your tweet review was scathing <laughs> I, did, I didn't like it at all honestly people love it i amanda and i Namidity and i are in the minority we didn't care for it james loved it mm, you guys but, have very specific taste you're very mature we are mature, mature taste you know our our comedic values at the stage in our life we like shows like workaholics but we also love arrest uh, development you mm. know we very run the refu- gamut
1: I will say you guys are very refined
0: comedians. Thank you. And
1: complimentary. Thank you. I'm not trying to say you as a douche. I'm trying to say you're just very refined senses of
0: humor. Thank you.
1: Should I read uh, the next one? You you have the I'm pipes gonna, for it. I'm gonna try. And I might have to increase that fee to $40 to edit out <laughs> my voice. Uh, Matt HH. Now, he doesn't like to be called Matt Double H. He wants Matt HH. He's the show in intern. Uh, maybe maybe
0: dropped a rung behind ghost hunter dave at this well point. i mean if ghost hunter dave listen to me if you go on actual ghost hunts my wife and i want to go with you on these ghost hunts that is not a joke that is a real life thing i just said yeah matt double h is the intern
1: karate chop is the fifth beetle i mean we need to get a <laughs> nickname for ghost hunter dave uh moving pictures he writes you guys are really hitting your stride as you bring as you begin to bring the podcast in for a landing. Uh, just doing whatever you want. Contact is definitely an all-time favorite movie for both. It's ambition, realism, and emotional heart. I mean, I think he means for all of these, not for both. Love it. Quick tip based on last week's episode. Check out the amazing amazing documentary, Chodorowsky's Dune. It tells the story of how a crazy, ambitious, independent filmmaker tried to make Frank Herbert's Dune into a big blockbuster movie in the 70s. Along the way, he hired Mobius, with whom he would later collaborate on the seminal comic book series The End Cal, as well as the crew that would spin out from this failed attempt at making Dune, in parentheses, including H.R. Geiger and Dan O'Banion, to design and write a little movie called Alien Highly entertaining documentary. The InCal Volume 1 is available on Comixology. Uh, spoilers. some work to Comixology. Can't wait to see where the podcast goes in the weeks ahead. Well, Matt Double H, do you like
0: a little movie called The Matrix Trilogy? or And The Quadrilogy? I'll tell you what. <laughs> there's been a lot of negative talk in the Slack usenets, <coughs> which Matt HH can invite you to if you want to DM him. People, I'm not sure if the Slack group necessarily wants us to complete the quadrilogy but unfortunately that's just going to inspire us more to finish it (laughs) yeah you guys have no idea the
1: the level of stubbornness (laughs) that you it's really the tip of the iceberg please like for you to tweet please don't do it just makes
0: us want to do it it's almost like there's a symbiotic agreement that takes place as soon as we see a tweet like that Mm -hmm. where it's like the wonder twins we don't even need to
1: contact each other we just know that okay all right So we're watching the quadrilogy yes absolutely you just cemented it you could (laughs) have let us go off on our own and talked ourselves out of it but uh and he says can't wait to see where the podcast goes in the weeks ahead
0: by the way are we doing a final meetup celebration in july or what there's been talk of that in in the Slack room. Matt HH offered to orchestrate it. He gave some dates. Uh, I think the only one of them works. It's like late July. Maybe the last weekend in July. I haven't asked my wife yet, honestly. Mm. But there's a potential. But the potential's there. I don't remember what the date is. Maybe Matt HH can tweet us and we will figure something out.
1: He's already got the hotel rooms blocked out. He might uh, I think I have to, uh, you know, wear a tuxedo and we're going to an opera. I mean, we're do- I mean, it's. <laughs> Matt H. H. Thinking- around going to operas like three times a week. Yeah, this guy. I was, I was thinking maybe a cold diet Dr. Pepper on a, on a bench somewhere
0: just uh conversating. But- Matt H. H. is a musician. He just pulls out a guitar. People just surround him at home. He's singing songs. Yeah. Well, you
1: know, when you're a, an avant garde Californian yeah these are the skills you pick
0: up if there's one word to describe Matt hh it's avant-garde oh yeah I'm, i don't think that's that might not, is that one word or is that two words i mean i think it's two words but he makes it one word with yeah. just pure charisma that's those people from frisco you know mm. they combine those words he's the frisco kid <laughs> how do we never come up with that before Oh, <laughs> uh, what a show huh
1: great show what are we at like nine hours i feel like we're at an now hour, hour eight hour eight Ooh, right who now knew? i wouldn't have expected it slim was probably like i can't i don't like to talk to this
0: guy for nine minutes i and, know right you know, now it's an hour eight. three hours from now let's just get out of here next week ridley scott is not directing the next episode chuck Forsman, little guy with the name of james cameron you like that? You like aliens. Avatar?
1: Titanic? Does that do it for you?
0: Well, hold hold the phone here. We want to talk about pivots. Aliens into Avatar.
1: Pivot. Never seen Avatar. Real,
0: real oh. talk. Oh. 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 Let me, let me control X. Remove aliens. Maybe pipe or uh, Alien 3. Pipe in Avatar. Move everything down. All right, yeah, events in Avatar. So now we're set to 288. Man. Dale, I, I would love to see Dale's face right now, honestly. Dale's probably
1: stamping his miniature feet all over the carpet. He just of that kicked off Dilla. his
0: free slippers with underscore A etched into them across the room. Probably hit he, one of his kids. Tore one of those fresh sleep shirts open. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's not wearing a bathroom. Maybe he's only wearing a sleep shirt and his slippers right now yeah
1: and <laughs> but you can't really tell their slippers they're so small they
0: look like little thimbles on the floor <laughs> dale when dale walks across the room it looks like a deer's legs it's like uh what was the character from the podcast we listened to uh <laughs> was it tap was it tap foot the uh, split foot <laughs> split foot <laughs> Uh, just imagine two, the hind legs of a deer walking across a room. That's what Dale's legs look like. Oh. We'll see everybody next week. Big show next week. I'm Big super show. excited. Aliens, oh,
1: Avatar,
0: Aliens Three. Actually, we might do Aliens, Avatar, Logan. Oh yeah. Oh, mm. God, this is this is something
1: I, else. I asked my wife to see Logan with me, like we were going out on the first date. What'd she say? She was down. Really? But, uh, yeah, we might, you know, have a Maybe we'll hold hands, high-five each other, mm-hmm.
0: like back in the old days. Dude, I talked to you about the um, AMC that we went to to see Lego Bound, the re- leather reclining seats. No, what AMC is that? Is that in Chamonix? Plymouth Meeting.
1: Plymouth Meeting? Yeah. That always had a bad reputation Reputation as like a run-down theater. They must have revitalized it. The uh, yeah, it looks, it looks kind of new, actually.
0: Um, I've never been Right by the set. Benihana, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it it's buttons like you press 1 to like it's like a car seat. Like you press 1 to put everything back up and then you press 1 to just like literally recline and wow. the thing the, the thing kicks up for your feet. So it's like a lazy boy. It's
1: amazing. Interesting. I we uh the only time I ever encountered that Dale and I saw like one of the Hobbit movies in like a Bark lounge or a leather barking lounge
0: scenario and I think I fell asleep.
1: <laughs> you can't do that to me.
0: Like you can't. You have that exact chair at your house, I think. Probably. Maybe that's why you fell asleep. Yeah. That
1: my I have a uh, you know when we first bought our house, I like really wanted to treat myself to like something like garish. <laughs> like there's no need for it, but I want to own it and I have a heated recliner that is powered and it has lumbar massaging and upper back massaging. So wow. like you can go full, you know, shiatsu
0: in you this must, thing. You must think the lazy boys that I have in my house are just S. No, right? no. They're just listen, leather. I'm not That's a lazy it. boy snob. I just wanted to treat myself, you know? <laughs> Actually, no, you thought you slept on my couch anyway, which I think is one of the most couch. uncomfortable couches ever, and you were out in two seconds.
1: Listen, little known fact about me, which it turns out is not little known at all. Like, in my depths of my insomnia... I could fall asleep anywhere for just like one hour. And then I would just be up for the rest of the night. So like we were watching WrestleMania.
0: Yeah. Was WrestleMania year? or SummerSlam.
1: And it was like ten fifteen, And you guys were putting on, I believe, Magic Mike 2. To which I, you know, it must have been your wife that very politely put a blanket over me after <laughs> I fell asleep. And then woke up an hour later to go home, and then was up till like five o'clock in the morning.
0: Yeah, I think when we went, by the time you woke up, we were we might have been done magic, Mike. We were watching X Files, yeah, season three. By so like, times where I was, I just
1: got up and said goodbye to everybody. Like no, <laughs> and no one even very politely, no one acknowledged that I was zonked out for two hours. Did you watch X Files when it was on? I, the only, I did, but the only episode I can remember was the one where he body swaps with Michael McKeon. Amazing. Right? It's Two like harder. a six or seven, season six or seven. Season six. And there was also another one that I really loved where, um, uh, Monk plays like a, uh, a guy who gets affected and he has to be in soft light or else his shadow will eviscerate you. Mm-hmm. Um. But no, like I can't there, like I would have to sit and watch it again to remember like the bigger points. Like I know Mulder's sister w- was never really abducted. Like there's like I re- just remember broad strokes things about the series.
0: I just finished season 7, which at the time they thought was going to be the last season, so they told the story of his sister finally.
1: So what was the deal with that? Th- she was never abducted. It was all like a- an illusion or well, delusion. In
0: season 6, they Revealed that they made contact with aliens, but they were going to colonize earth. So they made a bargain to like, give us some, like a bargaining collateral and we'll share with you some information, um, to like, you know, do to solve cancer or whatever. But I, I think that was the deal. So like the, the government dudes had to like give them their sons or their daughters, or their wives. So it, it was theorized that Mulder's dad offered them his sister in exchange for mm-hmm. like the knowledge. So then, all this time, the government dudes were like trying to construct a antidote to like what the aliens were going to do to Earth, so they could combat this, this like the the hostile takeover. It's like the black oil, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so eventually that plan fizzled and the deal was off between the aliens. So then like that storyline ended in season six and then seven, they told the story of the daughter. They kind of like teased you for like six seasons. Like, Oh, she has a clone. We cloned her a hundred times. That's not true. Right. Oh, uh, Snow- smoking man had her the whole time and raised her as a daughter. That's not true. She was like abducted by good aliens and was never seen again. Really weird story. It didn't really yeah. shore up anything. If it it just it just officially said that she she's dead, but she's quote in a better place. That did, was the episode I tweeted about. That was like super depressing.
1: Did you? So you're not finished the series yet?
0: I'm on the first season with uh, the T two T one well, thousand as was.
1: the Daggett or Doggett.
0: Dog Doggett, yeah. So,
1: do they ever put to rest the overarching aliens? Like, do we ever beat them? I, like, I,
0: I remember seeing I'm, the movie as, in, like, 95. They're, as far as I'm aware, <laughs> the aliens are still coming at some point in the future to take over the Earth. That's kind of where the storyline is right now.
1: So, like, they're still there's out like there. There's, like, a stay of execution.
0: Yeah. But season seven started out really bad and then ended pretty good. Season eight, everyone, like, I remember getting a bad rap because it was Doggett and Scully. And then they eventually bring in another female. It's actually started out really well so far.
1: Yeah. What what was the, the deal? Did balked on season eight to pursue fornication like, or something?
0: He had like he sued Fox, apparently. He said that like he wasn't he wasn't getting the money he felt that he was due with some of the money that Fox was making, according to the Wikipedia. Of course. So he so season seven was going on while he was suing them which must have been crazy awkward. But and also Didn't he s- appear
1: in some of the episodes in season, season seven? He
0: was full on seasons six and seven. Season six moved to California because he wanted to be closer to his wife, t- at the time, Tay Leone. I don't know if they're still married. Uh, I don't know um, either. And he either. also wanted to pursue other stuff. So like six and seven look different because it's in LA. Hmm. And um, season eight, he appears intermittently. He's not a main character. Huh. So I, I'm the reason I'm doing it, I want to get to season 10 season ten, and watch that and do the whole thing.
1: So is he back for nine and 10?
0: He's back for 10. He was but in all for six episodes. I don't know if he's in nine at all.
1: Oh, that's right. They come back
0: for season 10,
1: like a uh, a reunion season.
0: Yeah, it's watched. like a- Not that I didn't watch. Yeah, it's like a one-off. It's like six episodes or eight episodes or something. Wow. So I can't wait to get to there. So I have two seasons to go. I just, you know, it's 10 years of TV. It's like too much for me to go back and watch. Oh, God, it's so good, though. I love doing it. I now started in re- March. That's actually WrestleMania, you said, because we were watching around that time when you were here. And then I took a couple months off, and I came back. But I, I loved it. I've been, I've watched like five episodes a day sometimes.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, the stories are really good, especially their self-contained episodes. Like their mm-hmm. mythology episodes, I remember, like with season four, I was kind of dumb with. But they're like episodes in a bottle. Were so good. Like there's one where uh, Mulder and Scully go to like a team building exercise in the woods. That I really liked.
0: There was one where they did uh, season six, I think, where they had to investigate a weird uh, town. What do you call those towns where like they pay the monthly charge? It's like a really nice area, and there's a oh, like a, a townhouse or something like that. Yeah, and then you pay like a monthly fee. Like a greens fee, I can't remember what it's called, but someone was murdered in this in this really nice town. So they go in as the new owners of the, the, the house that the people were killed in. So they're a couple, so they have to pretend that they're like a married couple for that episode. It's hilarious.
1: Oh, uh, uh, you know, I think the Michael McKean episode is still my favorite though. When he buys a waterbed for Boulder's oh, yeah, apartment,
0: <laughs> and also like every that that episode is so hilarious. Uh, like literally every time Mulder and Scully are about to kiss in this series, it's like someone else as Mulder. Like it's never yeah, it's like never really them. Mulder. It's always cracks me up. The, the second movie they were like together though, right? Uh, I don't, I don't know. The second movie might've been after season nine. I had to look, mm-hmm. but I watched the movie it was in between five and six, but the two part that you mentioned has an amazing scene in it because it, he, they go to area 51. Right. And eventually he meets with the general of area 51. He's a whistleblower. So you feel like This is like Mulder's moment. Like I I got the general at area 51. I can ask him anything now. This is it. And the general's like, so I, I, you know, I gotta ask you, are aliens real? (laughs) It was like, it totally flipped the scripts on Mulder and like your perception of area 51. It was so
1: hilarious. Uh, I might have to sit down and track just that episode on Netflix and watch it again.
0: It's the, there's a lot of great episodes in season six. It starts. It starts out. I think after they do like the story, the season premiere is like usually the main story. I think I, I, this is one of the ones I tweeted about. I think the first four episodes, the Monster of the Week episodes of that season, are the best of the entire run. Season four. No season six, Shit. like the what? first. There's like a four episode run of like back to back to back to back. Like these episodes are amazing. What there's is the Bruce Campbell's
1: season? in one? And I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, what okay. season? There's an episode where there's Mulder is caught in an infinite time loop
0: and it's a bank robbery. That's in. S- I remember being really good. That might be in later half of six or early seven. I'm trying to find like. <coughs> so what you're saying is. Just watch X Files season six. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> be wrong to do that, honestly. And you wouldn't really be like out of the loop so much because they still kind of like fill you in. I'm trying to find the tweet of, uh, got a Game of Thrones tweet. I guess I was watching Game of Thrones last year. Oh, so. uh, season six, episodes two through seven are the best of the whole series. Drive. Oh, Drive is the one with, um, Breaking Bad the star the star of the break of Breaking
1: oh, Bad Oh um What's his name? Uh no now I sound like a big D because I can't remember Bad his Vader. name. Um it's um
0: I'm Googling Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston has something wrong with his ear and he drives because he it doesn't hurt his ear when he's like driving really fast. So the whole episode is like he kidnaps Mulder and makes him drive. And Mulder has like the driest wit out of any episode. He's hilarious. <laughs> drive Triangle which is when Mulder goes to the Bermuda Triangle and gets taken back in time on a ship from World War II okay. with Nazis and uh, scientists. amazing. Uh, Dreamland. I'm trying to remember what episode of that. How the Ghost all Christmas is when Mulder takes Scully to a haunted house on Christmas Eve and they get like locked in and some weird stuff happens. Okay. Terms of Endearment is with Bruce Campbell and Bruce Campbell's like the devil trying to impregnate these women. Mm-hmm. An amazing episode. Oh, Dreamland is the the two-parter you talked about. Right. Go watch that episode. Um,
1: where's the episode where they... Uh, uh, the, the,
0: the, the Loop?
1: The husband and wife.
0: Oh, um, X-Files...
1: Yeah, I gotta find oh, that's out where the, the loop one is.
0: that episode was great. Arcadia. Uh, oh, that was season six too, episode fifteen. It's called Arcadia. Uh Fox promoted the episode with the tagline, Mulder and Scully are married. Oh. How great. <laughs> but that one was really funny.
1: X Files Time Loop episode.
0: Oh yeah, X Files Bank. that one i want to say that's seven i oh, don't know 14th episode of season six there
1: you go i just really need to watch season six that's season it. six is amazing
0: please just do it to start tonight
1: maybe i will i got i got no
0: family until monday maybe you just skip the season premiere just go and to start episode, episode two, two of season six that's the Brian Cranston it. episode yeah
1: i'm doing I'm the kissy fingers to the air right now I'm doing the Macho Man fingers right back at you.